the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use the promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne. Today is Monday, August the 28th. We have a full card of MLB action for Tuesday, August 29th, handicap. It's a three-man go tonight. Joining us from Greensboro in North Carolina, I believe, is Mr. Lonte Smith. Hey, Lonte, how are you doing? Good, man. Good to have you back. Uh, now I have to worry about hosting uh, for, for a while. Oh, I can't but, hear uh, Lonte. Yeah. Can you hear yeah. Lonte, Scott? Yeah. You can hear me? Why? You can't? You can hear me, Scott? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm doing good. Mal can't hear me. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good, Mal. Uh, or Scott, I guess I could say. I'm doing good. How about you? He I said he's doing well. All, but I so, think Scott can. Now Scott's saying things I can't hear Scott either. Right then. This is not my fault this time. This is on you. <laughs> or my fault. <laughs> yeah, either way. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I've uh, just been watching the US Open uh, for the most of the day. Uh, ended up, yeah, just waiting for a parlor that I have to start, but pretty fun action so far. Mostly just hanging out. Are you back, Malcolm? You could hear us again? I can hear you now, boys. Okay, cool. You can, I have can no you idea us? what happened there because okay, cool. I can hear you loud and clear. Um, well, that's, I'm really happy for you. Or oh, sorry that happened. Because um, I don't know what you said. So whatever it was, one of those Fine. things applies. Um, I had one of the very worst years of my life yesterday, which I'm sure you're all aware of. Um, so I had to live it. I lived it yesterday. In what do they life. call that? A, a super sub? Is that what they call it? Fucking, I don't know what the word is. Um, I then just had to relive it on the MLB, on the Premier League an hour ago. And I knew I'd have to relive it again now. So, oh yeah, I'm not in a good place. Um to be fair, there shouldn't be too many. Everyone who wanted to come and take the piss in the chat came and took the piss either yesterday. Moonaf sent me a message about 10 minutes after the final whistle and he got a brisk F off reply. He got a two-word reply from me. Um, and then Captain C and a few people needled me. So, yeah, I feel like I've been run over by a 10-ton truck. Um, however, as we said on the show just now, that's, if those terrible things don't happen to you in sport, you, that that's the only reason you can enjoy the good things, isn't it? You can't just win all the time. That's not how it works. You don't get to enjoy the good things unless you've endured the absolutely awful things. That's how it works. So, yeah, it's the journey past the mouth of the dragons that makes all of this bollocks worthwhile. Um, I didn't see any college football. Lonte, you said you got a bit of a spanking. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I killed the Notre Dame game, but uh, yeah, everything else I pretty much was on the wrong side of. But uh, yeah, we'll bounce back this week. Um, and uh, thankfully, baseball has actually been saving me. I've been doing pretty good in baseball. Scott, you said the two picks you'd given out here on college football, you, you gave out two winners and didn't bet either of them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, ended up not being able to watch any of the games anyway. I had a family trip over the weekend, but I had Notre Dame and Jacksonville State. They both got there, so I can't complain too much. Baseball recently been on the, uh, I'd say, receiving end of a couple of bad beats lately. Uh, Phillies, for example, had the first five team total over yesterday. 0 for 6. It's rather than scoring possession yeah. in the first five, finished with two runs. So not a fun time recently, but it's a long season. You have ups and downs. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I haven't watched much baseball because obviously I've been uh, Premier League all day Saturday and then I was uh, out having a few beers yesterday for the match. But um, my account has been up and down, sort of £20 up, £20 down. Uh, so I think I've won and lost in equal measure. So nothing fantastic, but equally uh, nothing terrible. So. I, for I forgot, though. I did have a bad beat in the Premier League over the weekend. The final leg of a parlay I had was the both teams to score no in the Man City game. 
Oh, Sheffield United. That's the final leg that I had. Sheffield United had no intention of scoring in that game. Not even close. You knew a turnover was going to be the only way they scored, and they turned it over and it resulted in a wide-open shot. So Just before they scored, it was at the 84th minute. Manchester City had 22 shots, and Sheffield United had had zero shots. Yep. Um, And then, yeah... (laughs) Captain Sino has joined in the chat. I need to get this out of the way as well. Now, Captain Sino absolutely told me a new one in the DGEN's Fantasy League. Um, I thought I had the game under control all week. And then on Friday night, I logged it. And Captain Sino was bats, so like 17 at-bats, nine home runs, like 21 RBIs. It was absolutely ridiculous. He had, a, I think he broke world records. He had a historical night. Um so a lot of my numbers were good enough to beat the rest of the league, but not good enough to beat Captain. So he beat me eight and one. Um, so I got knocked out. I went into the Discord chat this morning just to actually mention it, Captain. I was just going to say, well done, son. And in the Discord chat, everyone was arguing like cat and dog about some commissioner shit. So I did that Homer Simpson thing, like back into the bush. I sort of stuck my head in the Discord and thought, nah, fuck this, not for me. And just let them all carry on arguing. Noah and Blake and everyone were just... Rah, 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 rah. So I thought, yeah. So I'm quite happy either way. I got knocked out. I don't have to worry about that for the rest of the season. Um, full card tomorrow. We get stuck in. I'll tell you first about DraftKings, uh, where you can get involved in college football. Do better this week. Uh, DraftKings are hooking you up with a can't miss off at the start of the season strong. You'll get $200 in bonus bets instantly if you bet just $5. Uh, your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Changes come fast. Um, and only thing that's a lock is the great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. Okay, um, we will start with a no days for tomorrow. It is a 6-4 Eastern first pitch between the LA Angels and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Tyler... It is Tyler, yeah. Tyler Anderson uh, for the Angels and Michael Lorenzen for the Phillies. Plus 144 on Los Angeles, minus 162 on Philadelphia. Total is nine and a half. And Lonte is going to lead us off. Yeah, so I'm going to lean with the um, with the Phillies on the run line here. I, I also like the team total to go over. Um, Lorenzen, he's been pretty much below average since that no-hitter. Um, Ten earned runs in his last two starts, and that was what preceded the, uh, the no-hitter. Um, I think he'll get back on track against this Angels uh, offense, who is, I mean, lackluster to say the least. Um, they've covered six of their last 10 run lines. Um, they've won seven of their last 10. Offense has been rolling six-plus runs in four of their last six games. So I think they're uh, a, a good bet at home here. Uh, I would rather lay it on the run line than on the money line, get a little bit more bang for your buck, because I think if they win, they're going to win by margin here against this Angels team. Anderson, five-plus runs in two of his last three starts, hasn't gone into the four, hasn't gone um, over four innings in his last three starts. So I think um, if they get to the bullpen, especially how bad um, the Angels' bullpen is, I think the Phillies can have a night with their bats. So give me the Phillies' team total over, and I like them on the run line as well. Okay, so a strong Philly start for Lonte Scott. Yeah, I'm on the same way. Um, I, I just think that, once again, Philly's a much better team. The Angels had a pretty mediocre series over the weekend against the Mets. But I think Anderson, once again, is not the greatest of pitchers. Philly's top 10 in the league in OPS against lefties. And Lorenzen, uh, not surprised. He struggled after the no-hitter. Most most pitchers do. But I think when you're looking at this matchup, Philly's just the better team, and they have the better pitcher. And they're at home. They're a very good home team. I'll take the Angels on the run line here, too. Yeah, I have factored in that no-hitter. We talked about it last week. I think it might have been us three. And um, we talked about it, and then I ignored it. And I felt a bit silly afterwards. I think we talked, was it Framba Valdez, which, which I stole through the no-hitter? I think it was Valdez. Not, uh, yeah, Valdez did. Valdez. But again, yeah. they almost threw another no-hitter a couple yeah. starts later. Yeah, but it was seven innings he had it, right? It was through eight and two-thirds. Okay. And they Damn. blew the game. <laughs> they lost the game, not only the no-hitter. But um, he got the proper... The, the hangover from the no-hitter. Uh, and it lasted sort of beyond three games. So I'm happy to kind of fade Lorenzen a little bit. 
But that gives me the over in this game. Tyler Anderson just hasn't worked out. He's another LA signing that hasn't worked out. Like, I don't know what they do to players, uh, but they just make them worse. Um, so I think, but I do think Lorenzo might be good for a few. So we've got a couple of ways. Either Philly can completely light them up and get there by themselves, but I do think the Angels might contribute three or four. Uh, so over nine and a half or a first five over would be another way uh, for that. Uh, just saying hello to the boys and girls in the chat case and you went first in. TBDBJ, Randy. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Captain Sino, obviously. Well done to you. Um, and it was uh, E4, not your Osama. Uh, infrequent visit. Nice to have you back for a little while. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any uh, bets or comments or anything, uh, no soccer talk, unfortunately, tonight. That is a $10 fine, uh, not just $1 uh, for the remainder of this evening. 6.40 Eastern first pitch is the Tampa Bay Rays at the Miami Marlins. We have Aaron Savali for Tampa Bay and Sandy Alcantara for Miami. The Lions are minus 105 for Tampa Bay and minus 112 for Miami. So it's close with a total of seven and a half, Scott. For this one... Once again, I think Alcantara's got more upside, but this year we know he's been very hit or miss. He has been better at home than on the road. Recently, not that great. Gave up four runs against the Padres last time out. Uh, three runs against the Dodgers before that. Had a complete game, one run uh, performance against the Yankees, but that's the Yankees, so it doesn't really count. Uh, but I think for this one, I'm going to link to Tampa. This team woke up the bats over the past couple of weeks after having a really bad month in July. Miami's a 500 team. It's, it's a shame. It was a lot of fun rooting for him for a decent portion of the year, but it is what it is. The team the team's offense isn't great enough. The bullpen isn't good enough, and Alcantara's been underwhelming. I'll take the Rays. I know Savale has a bit of a ceiling attached to him, but Tampa's a good team that finds ways to win games, and Miami really hasn't done that recently. I'll lean to Tampa. If you want to take the Marlins, maybe first five and fade Savale, but I just think I got to go with Tampa. They had a nice series over the weekend. They had a bit of a brawl there against the Yankees a couple of times. It was a baseball brawl, though, so they pretended to care, and then they all separated once the bench was cleared. But I'm going to go with Tampa. I just think they're in better form. Give me the race. Yeah, little stuff like that, like a little scrap or a hit-by-pitch or just a mild sense of injustice. Um, can't half-galvanize a team occasionally. Like I, I like Tampa in this uh, spot as well, just because they're the better team. You've got very similar pitches. Savali's been great on the road, really good, 186 or 8 on the road. And he's been doing enough to win games, which is really important. Alcantara's been better, if not top class. Um, but close on the books, I would say Tampa Bay win this six times out of 10, seven times out of 10. Uh, so at the prices, I'll take Tampa minus 104, Lonte. Yeah, I'm leaning to Tampa. I like the over a little bit more. Um, Tampa's hot right now. I mean, like, a lot of people, myself included, kind of counted them out or wrote them off a little uh, with the injuries and, um, you know, the stuff that was going on with Wander. But, I mean, they've won eight of the last ten. Uh, some of it is opponent-based, but overall, you know, they're doing what they need to be do, uh, what they need to do. They're beating bad teams, which is, I mean, what you got to do. They're not far back from Baltimore um, in, in that race also. So, I mean, they're 35-29 and 29 on the road. Um, they've dominated Miami in the two meetings this year. They outscored them 11-2. to two. Um, in that span, that was back in July. Uh, two totally different teams, of course. But, I mean, Savala, you mentioned it, Scott. He, he hasn't allowed over three earned runs since June. But, again, you got to preface that with the offenses he's faced. I mean, he's faced, you know, Colorado, San Francisco, Cleveland, the White Sox, Kansas City a couple times. So, not the best offenses, um, which is why it's just a lean here. Um, Sandy at home also, in his last three starts, only allowed two earned runs combined. So, you know, that's why it's just a lean here. But I think both offenses should be able to get out the gate and get going here um, in this matchup. So I do like the over and lean to Tampa. Um, the next game is, uh, is the Yankees game. I'll throw up my stat of the day at this point because it involves the Marlins, who we've just talked about, and the Yankees, who we are going to talk about. Miami have never, ever had a worse record than the Yankees regular season. Currently, seven games better off. Did, were you aware of that stat, Scott, as a Yankees fan? Does that sound plausible to you? Sounds about right. I mean, the Yankees haven't finished a year below 500 in a while. And Miami. 30 years. I was going to say, Miami's had two World Series titles, which were kind of out of nowhere. They won a series in the COVID season, but that extra playoff team. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, never, never had a worse record than the Yankees. Seven game lead at this point. It's going to be a photo finish. I think you mean a better record than the Yankees. 
They've Wouldn't always had a worse record than the Yankees. They've always had a worse record. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly why you what said I mean. it initially. I'm like, no, I, I, right. don't, I know what you mean, but I don't think that's what you said. Worse. Yeah, I've just read. Yeah, I've wrote the it Yankees down. The Yankees have never had a worse record than the Marlins at the end of a season. Yeah, that's what you're trying to say. I've just, I've just read it out, sort of a <laughs> anchorman style from my terrible yeah. notes. Um, Six forty Eastern first pitches, the New York Yankees um, and uh, the Detroit Tigers. We have uh, Michael King going for the Yankees and uh, our second favorite. Tarek on the show. Tarek Skubal, left-handed pitcher, goes for the Detroit Tigers. It's another tight one on the books. Plus 105 on the Yankees. Minus 108 on the Tigers. Total is 8.5 or 9 if you want it. Um, King, 3-5 and five on the year. 3.13 ERA. Um, opener, Michael King, all a multi-inning reliever. Um, that kind of thing. And he's been okay. He's just really meh. Every, every sort of angle I looked at, I couldn't. I didn't. I couldn't hate it, but it didn't blow my skirt up at all. Like um, Tarek Skubal is three and two on the year. He's got a four or six ERA. He's alternating good and bad starts. Uh, luckily, this time it's time for a good one. Um, the key for me is Skubal's home form. Four games started at home, two and zero with a one forty eight ERA. Uh, the Yankees are terrible on the road, twenty six and thirty five. You look at the odds, and it really it looks like a trap. Plus 105 on the Yankees to beat the Tigers. You sort of your brain, everything you know to be right and proper makes you want to take the Yankees every time. But you just can't. Um, I'm going to take the Tigers minus 108. Um, Blunty. Yeah, I mean, you can't take the Yankees here. <laughs> I mean, I like Scooby a lot. Uh, I'm leaning towards the over. Uh, I wanted to get, I wanted to get a little bit of a lower price on it. I thought I would, but I mean, the way the Yankees have been playing, I, I can't blame the books for for putting it here. Um, Detroit thirty seven and twenty six to the over at home. They've scored four plus and five of their last six. Um, the Yankees are over in seven of their last ten. A lot has to do with the opponent and not really them. Um, they've scored four plus and four of the last five though. Uh, a lot of that's probably garbage time, like late in late in the game, but uh, probably when the game was non competitive. Uh, Scott can probably touch on that a little a little bit more, but yeah, you can't play New York here. Um, uh, they're just a disaster right now. I actually like Detroit going into to next year, so um, I think they'll finish strong. I like them to win here, and I like the over in the game. Scott? I'm kind of on the fence on this one because I had so much fun blindly fading the Yankees when getting plus money, but we're not getting plus money anymore, which is pretty annoying, but it's better late than never that the oddsmakers adjusted, I guess. For this one, I'm a little bit torn because the Yankees have actually been decent against lefties. And I know that Scooball, once again, is a pretty solid pitcher in general, but the Yankees have done well against lefties. And Detroit still isn't good. Like, I'm not going to – I know the Yankees aren't a good team either, but I do think this is worthy of being a coin flip. I think I am going to lean to Detroit in the end because I do think that Scooball can at least go five or six innings. King's going to go three max. They're trying to yeah. go like half job of Chamberlain with them where they're trying to turn him into a starter, and I don't really know why. But I'm going to lean to Detroit – I don't feel great about it, but I do think that Scooball's the better starting pitcher. So I'm going to go with the Tigers. But to be honest, most of the value blindly fading the Yankees has completely just gone. It was much more fun fading them at like plus 160 with the Nationals about a week ago. Yeah, it really was. Uh, That left-handed pitching angle is an angle uh, that Moonap's ridden a couple of times on the show recently with me. And actually, it has paid off, so it might be worth considering. But still, at the prices... um, yeah, the, the Yankees won't be seeing any of my money. 7.05, Eastern first pitch. The Chicago White Sox at the Baltimore Orioles. Jesse Schultons for Chicago. Dean Kramer for Baltimore, who are minus 230. Uh, the White Sox are plus 194. And the total is nine, Lunty. Yeah, pretty simple here for me, man. I like Baltimore on the run line. I mean, they've won seven of the last 10. The White Sox are losers in seven of their last 10. Baltimore five-plus runs four of the last five games. And with Shelton's on the mound, I mean, they should exceed that, like, pretty easily. Um, he had been going well um, previously, but he struggled to end August. Um, he's allowed 10 runs in his last two starts against Oakland and Colorado. Now, this offense is definitely not Oakland or Colorado, so I think he'll struggle with that. Uh, Kramer, he's been good. Um, he hasn't allowed over three earned runs since mid-July. Uh, he, he's faced all the offenses in that span. Uh, Philadelphia, Houston, the, the Dodgers. I mean, he's been – 
really good. Uh, Baltimore also on the run line, 31 and 27 as a favorite. So I think all signs point to Baltimore pretty much rolling here. Uh, like I mentioned, which, uh, with Shelton's, I mean, he, if he couldn't perform against Oakland and Colorado, uh, against those, you know, below, below average offenses, I, I think Baltimore at home will probably score, you know, north of seven runs here. So I like Baltimore on the run line. And I also like their team total to go over. Okay. Love that long taste, Scott. For this one, I I am a little bit concerned about taking Baltimore on the run line because they really weren't great against, on the run line over the weekend against Colorado. I thought they would be, but they were not. But yeah. I'm also concerned about Batista, who su- uh, suffered an injury, so now they're without a closer. So I am a bit concerned about how they're going to finish games off in this spot. But the White Sox, we know, are a terrible team. They fired the entire front office. They're going to blow up the entire roster during the offseason. It's really tough to make a case for the White Sox. I thought about maybe a team total over for the White Sox, but Kramer has been very good lately. Last four starts, 24 and one-third innings pitched, a 2.59 ERA. A crazy stat, though, the Orioles are actually 8-1. and one, or, or, sorry, uh, Yeah, they're 8-1 and one in Kramer's last nine starts. So Baltimore's done well when he's been on the mound. I like Baltimore, but I guess I'll lean run line. But once again, I am a bit concerned with the lack of a proper closer at this point in time. Yeah, I mentioned ages ago that Baltimore weren't getting any length. It was one of my um, it sort of May um, threads that Baltimore might just drop away at the end of the season because they were hammering the bullpen. Um, so hopefully that's not going to cost them down now sort of during the last uh, five weeks of the season. Shelton's was a pitcher, one of those, Scott, that I watched by accident. I know you like it when I accidentally watch pitches. Just because I think one night they were starting at a perfect time for me to watch the game. So I just thought I'll have a little pizza bet on it. And I took Shelton's strikeouts and he won. And I watched him a couple of times. So I'm a, probably more aware of his work than I should be. Um, and he is beginning to struggle. And this is a bad spot for him. Loads of great stats that you've thrown about with uh, Lonte about Baltimore on the run line as favourites. Uh, that Scott's throwing out about Kramer uh, going eight and one, so good length out to Kramer as well. Maximum three and runs you give up, and that's good enough, I think, in this spot. Minus one 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 uh, is the run line price. So yeah, I'll side with Lonte and uh, I'll take that one. Uh, where are we going? Seven oh five. Nope. Seven oh seven. Almost two minutes. Crucial. Um, Washington Nationals at the Toronto Blue Jays. Left-handed pitcher uh, Mackenzie Gore for Washington and Jose Barrios for the Toronto Blue Jays. Plus 172, Washington. Minus 192, Toronto. Eight or eight and a half if you want it, Scott. For this one, I think I'm going to lean to Washington. It's be- I think it's going to be close, but it's mostly just based on recent form. I actually like how Washington's played lately. Gore, I know, has been up and down, and I've roasted him on the show on occasion, and Barrios has actually been decent this year. But I still don't really trust Toronto at all. And I do think when you're looking at the current form of these teams, plus 172, I think it's very appealing. I'm going to lean to the Nationals for the value. I'm not going to lay that price with Toronto at home. That's just not going to happen. Okay, big dog for Scott Lunty. Yeah, I'm on. Um, I'm on Washington as well. Uh, I'm probably going to be on them all series. I took them as my dog yesterday at like plus two, uh, two ten or plus two oh eight or something like that. I think they're going to be live to win. Like you always say, Mal. I think you bet them both games or throughout the series, they're going to win one. You're going to come up properly. Love that angle, mate. Yeah. So I mean, they've won what eight of their last eleven. Um, you know. Six of the last ten have went over for Washington, while Toronto offensively, they picked it up. Um, they're inconsistent still, like Scott mentioned, but they picked it up over the last two outings, 15 combined. So I do think that being with the pitchers, uh, having inconsistencies and, you know, Berrios, I don't think he should be big, uh, this big of a favorite as well. I thought Gosman was too big also. Um, so, you know, Toronto being inconsistent and, you know, they've lost six of the last 10, including four of the last five. So I don't think we can trust them in the latest big of a number. Um, Washington also on the run line. If you can get under 120, I think it's I think it's right at 120 right now at plus one and a half. I think that's a good bet also. I mean, they're eight and two on the run line in the last 10, 43 and 23 on the run line in road games. That's, that's the stat of the day for you, Mal. 43 yeah, and 23 on the run line. Um, and, you know, a lot of those were probably underdog roles. Pretty much a what oh, they're right now. Yeah. yeah, so I like Washington here. Um, I, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to uh, take Mackenzie Gore in the first five also. You know, it's a bad sign when the opposing pitcher gets DFA'd after the game, and you still lose. 
because Cindergard got DFA'd and Toronto didn't even win the game. Yeah, that was that was horrible. I haven't Not seen Cindergard had been DFA'd. Yeah, he got the- DFA'd. Unfortunately, the stolen base prop era might be uh, over. Uh, so it was a good run. But they, th- he got DFA'd because he was that bad, and Toronto still lost the game. I just want to throw that out there. But he does look lovely with his shirt off, though. So it's not all bad news for Thor. Um, I wasn't brave enough to get Washington. I feel like I should have done now. Washington have been really good to us, haven't they, the last ten days or so? Uh, my picks are over month. eight. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, probably longer. My picks are over eight. Um, in the go is very middling. He's hard to work out, and home runs are a problem. Uh, so you might get some Toronto home runs, even though uh, we know Toronto don't, miss, uh, don't hit many home runs. Myself and Munaf um, had trivia night on Friday on the show, uh, and Toronto was one of the answers for the low-scoring home run teams. Um, but the Blue Jays are hitting lefties quite well, uh, 276. And Barrios just gives up too many runs. So it's another one where both teams can help out. Um, so yeah, I probably should have landed on Washington if I'd done this better. Uh, but the, I'm going to go with the over eight. Thank you. Uh, right, let's tell you about some of our lovely sponsors before we crack on with the card. Um, and Underdog Fantasy is who I'm going to talk about. August is almost over. Um, time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team. I've got the guillotine draft with uh, the golf gambling podcast people, uh, Steve Shermer, the god of golf, and Boston Catter. Everyone's in there tomorrow. Half past two in the morning for me, that draft, by the way. Awful people. Like, no no concession to me across the pond. 2.30 I think, in the I think morning. you're going to hire somebody to draft for you. I did last week. Dylan drafted me one oh, okay. uh, in the SGP and D-Gens League. But the Guillotine League, like, I like the Guillotine League. It's a poor, so I'm going to have to get up and do that myself. Um, anyway, none of that rubbish on Underdog Fantasy. One live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Set it, forget it. Underdog will do the rest for you. Um, the Best Ball Media Tournament, $15 million prize. Uh, $13 million to the winner. It's wild. Uh, so the last day of the Drafty Fantasy Football Team is September the 7th. Get involved at underdogfantasy.com. Find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. If you're concerned be a player, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And the SGP Patreon, get across there, sign up. Things like the NFL Win Totals Contest has got a $1,000 first place prize. The week's Patreon uh, picking is all week one college football. Uh, it's just a great way to support the network. Um, always helps us churn out this uh, this content and fight back against corporate gambling. Do it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. 7-10 Eastern first pick, Texas Rangers at the New York Mets. It is Andrew Heaney for Texas and Jose Quintana. For New York, two lefties going at each other here. Minus 125, Texas. Minus 108, the Mets. Total is eight and a half. Um, First reaction to this is the prices, because I handicapped this at three o'clock this afternoon without the prices. Um, And I cannot believe the Mets are favourites to beat anyone. Uh, Certainly not Texas, and certainly not with the the capabilities. They're They're just slight underdogs. No, minus 108. I've got minus 125. Ah, right. That'll be fucking it. That makes more sense. Minus 125. It's close to even, but I see the Mets at plus 105. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, right. That makes more sense. Now, so my instinct on this game is the odds make perfect sense. This is exactly how I would have priced it up. Um, He needs nine and six on the year, 434 ERA. Last two starts were poor. Um, Four and a third, three and two thirds. He gave up. Uh, seven hits on both occasions, gave up three earned on both occasions. Um, and last time it was home runs at Minnesota, three homers off the Twins. It's really quite hard to know what to expect off Heaney. He has been, he's been up and down like your bride's nightly this season. Um, Quintana, he's just got a really average profile. He's one and five on the year, 373 ERA. Even if you forgive him a five earned run start at Atlanta last time, um, it's just all middle. Six innings pitch, two or three earned runs. Um, now, the difference for me was the Mets are hitting 228 at home and 236 against lefties. Texas hitting 259 on the road and 280 against lefties. That's a big old difference. It's 31 points of average in the home road, 
It is 44 points of average against lefties. Yes, Texas is struggling one and nine in the last 10. Um, but I just can't, again, we know, we know it's the Mets. That's it. I thought this was a really hard game, actually. Uh, but the price is okay for me. Texas minus 125, Scott. Yeah, for this one, I understand why the price is so low. I also know why you might be skeptical to take either team because Texas is in free fall. They might finish in yeah. third place in the division, and the Mets are a lost cause. So you're kind of stuck in no man's land. I'm going to go with the Mets team total over in this one. I'm going to fade Heaney. I don't like his current form. And I just think, once again, Heaney is potentially going to struggle giving up some home runs. And I think that the Mets can tee off against him. On top of that, the Rangers, fun fact, have more blown saves than actual saves this year. 25 (laughs) to 24. So I can't trust the bullpen. They've tried Chapman out as a closer. It's been a mess. He's been good as a setup guy. But still, I don't like the starter. I don't like the bullpen. I can't really trust either team. So give me the Mets to find a way to get to around four runs. Give me the Mets team total over. I noticed that Chapman, I sort of sat on Chapman, he's blown something like over 50% of his save opportunities this year. He's like eight for 22 or something wild. But his ERA in like non-save situations is below one. Like his ERA is insane when he's not pitching in the ninth inning. Yeah, they were the, yeah, that was the exact uh, the, the stats that I saw. Like, so, um, Lonte? Yeah, so I think you guys set it up. I mean, I, I'm going to lean with the Mets here, not typically because of the – I mean, I don't like either team. Let's not, not get it uh, misconstrued. But, I mean, the Mets at plus money. Katana, I think, is a better pitcher here uh, in current form. You mentioned it, Scott Haney. I mean, he. I don't think he should be laying this big of a – well, I don't think he should be laying this number. I think it should be about, you know – 110 both sides, um, to be honest with you. That's, that's I, how I, I actually like Quintana. <laughs> Quintana's kind of won me over this year. I don't think he's right. That I bad. mean, outside of like Mal said, outside of that five runs that he um that he gave up to Atlanta, I mean, he's been solid. It's just he just hasn't like got any wins. They, I mean, because of the offense, hasn't been able to produce any wins for him, but he's been solid. Um, and you know, prior to Prior to that Atlanta game, he hadn't allowed over three earned runs in in, in those seven starts, so he's been he pretty also good. hadn't allowed a home run. That was right. the first game he allowed a home runner. Right. So, I mean, you can't fault him for, you know, what happened in Atlanta. I mean, that happens to pretty much everybody, no matter how good your pitcher is. Um, so, I'm going to go with the Mets here. Uh, I don't hate that team total that you just threw out, Scott. I just don't – I don't like the current form of Texas or or Haney at all. I, I think that it should be right around, you know, like a pick'em game. And I'll take the I'll take the plus money with the Mets here. Okay. Uh where are we going? 7 10 Eastern first pitch. Houston Astros at the Boston Red Sox. JP France for Houston. Brian Bello for Boston. Plus 102 on the Astros. Minus 118 um, on Boston. And the total is set at 10. Um, good game, this one. Um, France 9 and 5 on the year. 351 ERA. He got shellacked last time out against Boston. Uh, Ten earned runs off two and one third innings. However, before that, he was fine. Um, maximum two earned runs was what you would give up generally. So I think I am personally happy to trust that the shellacking was an outlier. Obviously, it's a bit of a weird setup because he faces the same lineup again. Um, I think they'll have a plan for him. I think France and the Astros will have a plan for this Boston lineup to try and ensure this doesn't happen again. I did think. And this was a bit deep for me. I freaked myself out a little bit. He can throw multi-walks occasionally. Um, If part of his plan is to keep the ball away from some of the people who mashed him up, like Devers, etc., there might be a walk prop here for France because he can walk a couple. And if he's just got the fear that he's going to get shellacked, he might just be a little bit twitchy and leave it an extra three or four inches outside the plate, a little bit down and away. We'll pitch round a couple of these players. Um, so that might be an angling, but like I say, that's way beyond my pay grade. Um, and my guy, Bello, I love him every week. Um, I left him on the bench in one of my fantasy leagues last week when he threw seven shutout against somebody. Um, he strung together two more belters, uh, 13 innings and two earned runs given up in those last two. Another really close game. I'm going to take Boston to win at minus 118. Um, slightly prefer Bello over France. And recently, slightly prefer Boston over Houston as well. Although Houston did get back on track at the weekend and won a couple. But yeah, I'll take Boston, minus 118, Lonte. Yeah, pretty even game here. Um, 
I, I think both teams, they split a four-game set, you know, about four or five days ago in Houston. Uh, and Bello was, like, unbelievable there. One, uh, one run – uh, he only allowed one run uh, once in his last three starts. Um, that was included in that start, the Houston start. It had um, he didn't allow uh, a run. He did only allow one run. I'm sorry, but he allowed nine hits. So he kind of got to get that fixed because that's not a that's a stat that's probably going to regress back to the mean. I mean, nine hits and, and one run. He he got kind of lucky there, but. I think he'll be fine. Um, I do like the over in the game. I know it's a big number, but all four games uh, in the previous series went over, and uh, Boston's played in 10 straight overs, and Houston's over in eight of their last 10. Uh, you mentioned France getting rocked in his last start. I think Billow's a better pitcher here. Give me the over and give me Boston. I think they're in better form. Uh, they're going on a playoff push, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, they are. Uh, two for Boston, Scott. Boston, yeah, Scott. I'm going to Boston well, That happens well. quite a lot, doesn't it? I'm, I'm going to Boston, but I am going to go with the over. Houston's been involved in a lot of high-scoring games lately, whether it involves allowing a bunch of runs or scoring a bunch of runs or both. Uh, you're looking at Houston's last nine games. Eight of the last nine have had at least ten runs. So I think you're looking at a spot that should involve a lot of runs here. Bella was good last time out. Maybe Houston makes some adjustments. Maybe France makes some adjustments too. But I think either way, you might end up meeting in the middle. And I think both bullpens could you know, potentially be – susceptible to giving up some runs, especially Boston, because Jansen has not exactly been a great closer either for that team. I'm going to lean over, but I'm going to lean to Boston. I think you'll see runs, but Boston gets a little bit more done to win this game 6-5, something like that. Nice. 7.40, Eastern first pitch. Cleveland Guardians at the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Gavin Williams for Cleveland. And we have Pablo Lopez going for the Minnesota Twins. You are a minus 175 home favourite. Cleveland, a plus 152. And the total is set at eight for Lonte. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the undermount. This is a typical 4-3 game. Don't care who wins. <laughs> you know, that, that's just that's just how it goes. Uh, in their last five matchups, four went under. Um, all of those games, like, flew under. Four, average of 4.8 runs um, under the total in those matchups. Uh, Minnesota solid at home, 39-27. and 27. They dominate as a favorite, 52-36 and 36 as a favorite. I like Lopez. Uh, he's in bounce-back form. Uh, he got shelled by Texas. I think he gave up like 10 hits, 5 yeah. runs, or something like that. Uh, but prior to that, he had went 19 innings straight without allowing a run. So uh, a little bit of a hiccup. I think he can bounce back here. Uh, he also went 6 straight without allowing over 2 runs. Uh, he went 6 starts without allowing over 2 runs. So he's been in good form outside of that one hiccup. I think he can shut down this Cleveland offense. I, I like the under. I think we can see a you know four three, maybe even a three two type of game. Al, we can see a three two type of game. Either way, that gets us under the total. Um, I would look to play Minnesota on the run line also. Yeah, I was pointing at my notes there. This is a MLB gambling podcast classic four three. I've written it down straight away. First thing I wrote down, I knew Lonte would be there as well. Yeah. Um, I think if gun to my head, if I had to pick a side, I'd pick Cleveland just because there's nothing between these two teams really. Minnesota are a little bit better, um, but minus one seventy five to plus one fifty two. I would take Cleveland. I think they'll probably win enough games uh, against Minnesota to make that price profitable. And I don't mind Williams; he was poor last time. I get that, but he was okay before that. Cleveland have lost his last five starts. Um, he just gets no run support. But in a, I always like to take the dog in a low-scoring game. It is going to be a 4-3. Uh, at that point, I would take Cleveland as well, Scott. I think I'm going to link to Cleveland as well. I don't exactly feel great about the, I'd say, prospects of both teams down the road, but the point is these teams I don't think are separated by much. Minnesota is better, but I did see Lopez struggle against Cleveland earlier this season when five and two-thirds gave up six runs, so they've actually done well against him, and he did get shelled the last time out. Maybe he was overachieving in the past couple starts. He was because he didn't give up a run in three straight starts, and then he got buried. I think, once again, Williams is fine. Lopez is okay, too, but once again, Cleveland's had some success against him. I just feel like this price is a little bit large. I, I think it should be closer to 140, give or take. But at this price, it just seems a little bit too steep. I'm going to lead to Cleveland. 7.45 Eastern first pitch. The San Diego Padres at the St. Louis Cardinals. Seth Lugo for San Diego and Zach Thompson goes for the Cards. Minus 142 on the Friars. The Cardinals are plus 120 and the total is at nine, Scott. 
Yeah, uh, pass, I guess. I, I, I hate both <laughs> these teams. I, it's, it's really tough to fully analyze who I think is going to win when both these teams have been really bad. One team we know has been bad. The other one has been trash-talking the Nationals and now has the same record as the Nationals. So congratulations to the <laughs> Padres there. But I think for this one, I think I'm going to lean to the Padres' first five. I don't mind Lugo. Lugo's been okay lately. I, Zach Thompson, I'm not a big fan of. I have never really been a big fan of him. The numbers are pretty even for both pitchers, but I do think Lugo is a bit better. For the full game, I would probably consider the Cardinals because I really hate that Padres bullpen. But I think for the first five, Lugo is the better pitcher, in my opinion. But that involves betting on the Padres, and on the other side, you're betting on the Cardinals, so it's not fun either way. But Lugo <laughs> has actually allowed zero runs in each of his last two starts. So I think I would lean to Padres' first five. Get in, get out before the bullpen blows the game. I'll lean to the Padres' first five. <laughs> you love that score. Uh, Lugty. Yeah, my initial uh, thoughts on this game was exactly what Scott was. I don't want anything to do with either of these teams. Um, I don't know if you guys seen with Bob Melvin. They asked him about the standings, and he's like, "It doesn't what matter." We, yeah, what are it we monitoring the standings for? Yeah, so uh, I'll lean to Saint, <laughs> I'll lean to St. Louis at home. I kind of uh, unlike Scott. I kind of like Thompson. He's been he's been okay in August. I mean, he hasn't allowed over two runs in in his last five appearances. Um, so I think he'll be fine. I mean, again, you kind of never know what you're going to get with the San Diego lineup. I'll lean with uh, with St. Louis at home um, to, to get it done. I mean, I like a lot of bad teams here, so. <laughs> you do. Um, this is the bald men in the comb situation, isn't it? Um, Lugo, two six-inning start scoreless. I mean, there's no arguing with that. It's happened. Uh, Thompson has been okay. So it was just on hitting. They've scored three runs in three games. Um, I pick, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to take the Padres and parlay it with the under nine. Um, San Diego, this has got like a, a five to one San Diego feel about it. I, the confidence with which I regularly throw out correct scores when I can can't hit fifty percent on just taking sides is absolutely ridiculous. I'm uh, always so confident about these. The Padres will win, and it's going to go under nine. So that would be a, a parley on that. But yeah, it's going to be way down on the betting card. That I like how it's a game between two teams that we can't stand, and yet you somehow found a way to get two bets on the same game when both yeah, yeah. and I want nothing to do with this game at all. Yeah, well, one eight hundred gambler. I think is the number you're looking for. Um, eight oh five Eastern first pitches the Milwaukee Brewers at the Chicago Cubs. Corbin Burns for the Brewers, and we have. Uh, Justin Steele, left-handed pitcher, going for the Chicago Cubs, plus 116 um, for the Brewers, minus 130 on the Cubs. Uh, total is 7 or 8. Uh, big disparity in that one. Um, Burns, 9-6, 365 ERA. He's still hard to trust. He's got a seven-inning shutout at the Dodgers, sandwiched between six earned run and five earned run efforts against the Twins and the White Sox. Um it's been okay on the road, 308 ERA. Has faced the Cubs once this year, pitched five innings, gave up four earned runs. Steele still been very reliable. He's got almost identical lines if you look at his game log. It's just the same old stuff. You can't really differentiate them. And they always win the Cubs, his last starts. Um, his last four starts, they've won 5-4, 6-4, 5-4, 6-4. So they'll do it again. This is right in my danger zone. I mentioned this on Friday night, the moon after. This minus 130 money line is absolutely my kryptonite. Um, I'm great. The bigger prices, the dog's fine. Don't like to go beyond 140. I hate this. It's, my, it's a proper twilight zone for me, but I'm going to do it again. Um, Cubs at minus 130, Scott. Yeah, so just read off a couple of Steele's numbers here. Uh, the Cubs have won each of his last seven starts, and they've also won 12 of his last 13 starts. So they've been doing very well when he's on the mound. Having said that, I think I'm going to take Milwaukee at plus money. I just feel like this price should really be minus 110 apiece or maybe minus 115 for the Cubs. I don't know how you, could ter how you can really differentiate these teams based on the pitching matchup because Burns, I know, has been a bit hit or miss lately. But Milwaukee's won eight straight. I think we're going to look up and see a 1-1 or a 2-2 game in the seventh inning. That's kind of what I'm looking at. So I'm going to lean to the under. But I also like the Brewers' bullpen a lot more than Chicago's. So I can see the Brewers coming from behind and winning. I believe it's 4-3 or 5-4 in the head-to-head, -head, so it's been neck-and-neck. -neck. But if you want to give me plus 116 with Burns, I'm going to take it. I, I just think, once again, this game should be very close, down to the wire. 
They've won eight straight. If you want to give me a team that's won eight straight of plus money, I'm going to take it. If Chicago wins, would I be shocked? No, because Steel's really good and the Cubs are also good. But this price feels a little bit off. I think it should be closer to a pick Give me Milwaukee at plus 116. Yeah, it was. It was sort of 10 points of price, Scott, that had me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, Lonte? Yeah, I mean, Scott pretty much took my whole handicap. I thought it should be right at, like, pick him. I think 110 is oh, either really? way, especially with how hot Milwaukee's been. I actually took a flyer on Milwaukee um, before they – right when the middle of this streak that they were on to uh, to win the NL. So I think they – if they can get what they got from Peralta, I think Burns will be Burns. And they, if this offense can be at least consistent, I mean, they, it's picked up the last – the end of the month. I mean, they've scored five-plus runs in eight straight games. Um, they've won eight of ten – one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Uh, they had success hitting the ball off steel, um, nine hits, but that, that that technically didn't result in runs. They only had one um, – well, they only scored three runs off of him, but they put the ball in play. I think they uh, get over the hump here. I think Burns should be maybe a slightly favorite, but 110 at the, at the least. Um, each of the last three games were decided by one run. Um, I'll take what I think is the slightly better pitcher. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Steele, but I think Burns is still a slightly better pitcher than he is right now. I'll take the hotter team at plus money. Um, give me Milwaukee. I think there's been a fire or something in the YouTube comments. Everyone's scattered. Everyone's gone. Uh, there's a couple of people coming back in now, but everyone's just disappeared. Uh, save yourselves. 8-10 Eastern first pitches. The Pittsburgh Pirates at the Kansas City Royals. This is the one game that's off the board tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh or TBD. Uh, where Cole Raggins, Reagans, Raggins is going for the Kansas City Royals left-handed pitcher. I have no lines for this at all. Uh, Lonte, you got much on this one? Just bet the over. I think both teams will be able to score here, no matter who the pitcher is. Um, Pittsburgh is uh, 69-56 and 56 to the over on the season. Kansas City's went over seven of the last 11. At home, they're 34-29 to the over. I think both teams can have success offensively. Um, outside of that, disgusting game. <laughs> Scott. Yeah, it's a disgusting game, but I actually kind of like Raggins. I think he's actually not that bad. Uh, I wouldn't mind a strikeout prop for Raggins. I got to read off these numbers because he's been really, really good. Uh, to go through the strikeouts, 11, 9, 5, 11, 8. He's been rolling with strikeouts recently, and Pittsburgh does strike out a decent amount, so I can see Raggins maybe getting to 10 once again. Then again, he had 11 last time against Oakland, but that's a double-A team according to uh, Mal. So I'm going to lean to Raggins here. I like him. I, I think he's actually not that bad. I don't remember him ever being good on Texas, but he might have found something with the Royals. I'm going to lean to Kansas City here. I think they got the better pitcher no matter who's pitching for Pittsburgh. So give me Raggins strikeouts on top of that. Maybe uh, strikeouts and Royals money line, like performance boost or parlay or something like that. Um, I'm all in on Raggins. If there's a pitcher that's going to make us money between now and the end of September, it's going to be Raggins. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. Obviously, he doesn't get on the radar much. No one's watching Kansas City games. No one's watching Kansas City v. Pittsburgh in this situation. Um, they've won three of his last five Um he has been really, really good. And he was a name, like, because in sort of fantasy circles, he, he gets talked about as a sleeper a lot. He was a, he was a name at Texas. And I think the back end of last season, me and Moon, I've had some success in picking him up. Um, but he's just been absolutely great. Uh, four of his last five starts have finished way under, uh, which is disappointing news for you, Lonte. Um, and Pittsburgh just aren't in scary form. They, occasionally, you fancy Pittsburgh to put up a few runs, but just not at the moment. And I love Raggins. I don't think the I don't think Kansas City will be too short here because that re, that name recognition hasn't yet been attached to Raggins. Um, I'll be betting Kansas City tomorrow, hopefully uh, at not too restrictive a price. If you want a potential it, sleeper yeah. play, I'm not sure if it's going to cash, but just hear me out. Raggins to lead all pitchers and strikeouts tomorrow. If you can find that. Oh. Might be a decent price get, there. I don't get Just shit saying. like that on my. He's at he's at eleven in two of the last four stars. Where, where do you find where do you find it at? I know FanDuel usually posts something. I don't know if it's only for Fridays or not. I think it's for every day. They post like the daily leader for strikeouts. Uh, you might get a really nice price. Oh, uh, like like they do on football. Yeah, I yeah, think DraftKings does that too. Yeah. They do uh like leader like receiving leader passing yard. Leader. Yeah, for yeah, football yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, basketball. Okay. I didn't know they did it in baseball. For, for strikeouts, if you can find Raggins at anywhere north of like fifteen to one. I'd take a flyer with that. If you have a free bet, throw it out there. That's a great market. I would love shit like that. Um, 
840 Eastern first pitches, the Atlanta Braves at the Colorado Rockies, Charlie Morton for Atlanta and Peter Lambert. Correct, yes. Peter Lambert goes for the Colorado Rockies. Minus 250 on Atlanta, plus 210 on Colorado. Line is set at 12, which is a big number. Uh, Scott? Yeah, it's Atlanta and Coors Field. Uh, I don't know what more you want from me. Uh, I, I think Atlanta's going to score like eight runs per game, maybe more in the series. Colorado hung tough, which is a code word of saying they lost close against Baltimore. That doesn't really mean anything to me. Atlanta, once again, is just a much better team. Lambert is... I, I don't even know what to call him. Is he a, is he like a temporary starter? Or is He's just mediocre or slightly below average, but Colorado's just bad. Atlanta, I think, is going to bury him the entire weekend. Give me Atlanta to pretty much average like nine runs per game in the series. I'll take Atlanta on the run line, team total over, whatever. I think they're going to bury Colorado. Okay, Scott's all in on Atlanta, Lunty. Yeah, absolutely. I second that. Um, they they're they're forty and twenty three on the road. Um, I love the team total to go over. They won seven of the last ten, scored five plus and four straight in Coors. Like you said, man, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 10, 11 runs here. They've outscored um, Colorado this season forty to twelve. Non competitive games at all. Uh, man, give me Atlanta team total to go over. Look for some. Uh, Acuna props like stolen base, total Wilson, base, home run maybe. I don't yeah, know. like you just you got to unload on, on on this team total for Atlanta and Coors. Um, well, at risk of you boys making me look bad, I'm taking the Rockies here. Um, <laughs> Charlie Morton has been great. 18 innings in his last three starts, zero and runs. He's only given up nine hits in 18 innings. Yeah. However. At the Rockies, he's got a 535 ERA in his career. He doesn't like it. Um, Lambert has been okay. Three earned, one earned, two earned in his last three starts. He had a one earned run home start against the White Sox. They've got a chance here. Um, uh, can't be pissing around with minus 250s. Uh, so we'll take a plus 210 on Colorado uh, to get one over the line here. 940 Eastern first pitches, the Oakland Athletics at the Seattle Mariners. Left handed pitcher. Ken Waldichuk goes for Oakland and George Kirby for Seattle. Plus 260 Oakland, minus 298 for Seattle and a total of seven and a half. Uh, Waldichuk, two and seven, six or five ERA. Not been terrible lately. Um, he's thrown out the odd decent start, but that's about it. Um, Kirby's been doing well. We've talked about Kirby a lot in the last few weeks. In fact, most of baseball has... Uh, talked about Kirby. He's uh, he's come on the radar hand in hand with Seattle's rise um, through the rankings in the last couple of weeks. He's ten and eight on the year. He's got a three twenty eight ERA. His last two starts haven't been as good. Three and four earned runs. Um, so he's been kind of fallible. Oakland have scored twenty three runs in the last four games. Um, so I think they can contribute to an over here. That I was really surprised at how low that total is seven and a half, and particularly with the way Seattle are going. So. You've got loads of options of hitting this. Even if Oakland don't contribute, Seattle could do it. Um, I'm stunned it's so low. Um, Kirby to record the win would be another good um, pick, but I don't really know what sort of odds that would be priced up as. That kind of market doesn't get on my radar. But I love the over seven and a half here, Lanty. Yeah, I thought the total was way too low at seven and a oh, half. Also, Treb, I thought... Sorry, Trebs. I didn't notice <laughs> yeah. that Trebs just put up that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he put it in there uh, right, right as you were doing. Right, yeah, but, that's on yeah. my notes. I promise I'm not cheating. I've got it written down. Look. On, yeah, so uh, I agree with you though. I, I like Seattle run line team total over. Um, you know Kirby to record a win. I think you can get better odds on that than than laying the the north of two dollars. I mean Seattle's nine and one in the last ten, a thirty seven and twenty eight at home. Um, don't want to mention uh, Oakland's thirty games under five hundred on the road. Um, Seattle's won five straight. Only thirty. <laughs> only feels 30. like sixty. Yeah, only thirty though. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's won five straight versus Oakland. Three of those by two plus runs. So. Um, they've scored six plus and nine of their last 12 games. Um, they've covered eight of their last 11. I mean, it's all Seattle for me here. Um, Walter checks out five home runs in his last two starts combined. So if you want to find some, you know, Julio props, uh, I, I would definitely look at those. Um, Kirby, you mentioned his, uh, he's been shaky in his past few starts at home. One earned run combined in his last three, uh, last three home starts. So nice. he's going well there. Uh, I think Seattle buries them, similar to what we just handicapped with Atlanta. Uh, I mean, team total over, run line, uh, full game over, whatever you can get with Seattle. I, I like them a lot here. Okay, Scott. 
Yeah, the one time I backed Seattle in the past two weeks was the game they lost to Chicago. <laughs> so that's how that went. But I think I got to lean to the Seattle run line here. It's like minus 138. I once again acknowledge that they're the home team, but Oakland isn't a real team. So I got to go with Seattle here. <laughs> I just think Waldachuk, we've talked about, former Yankee prospect. I think he was in the Montas trade. He's not been good this year at all. I like Kirby. I think Kirby's a good pitcher. And I do think, once again, Seattle, based on the current form, the first place Seattle Mariners. I'll go with them yes. uh, to uh, cover on the run line here. They're playing for something. Oakland wasn't playing for anything when the season started. So I'll go with Seattle to win this game by multiple runs. Yeah, they have made the top of the standings. Ever since uh, the locked dog total me and Moon after two Fridays ago, um, they've absolutely taken off. We gave them out a plus 130 to make the playoffs. Uh, that oh, wow. price has absolutely collapsed. Um, so, yeah, stay, keep listening here. You, we're, we're very shrewd men. 9.45 Eastern first pitch is the penultimate game on the show. It is the Cincinnati Reds at the San Francisco Giants. Left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson takes the ball for Cincinnati and it will be Alex Cobb, one of the two pitchers that San Francisco occasionally name, who goes for <laughs> the Giants. Plus 152 on the Reds, minus 162 on the Giants. Total is eight and a half, Lanty. Yeah, I think the total is too low. I think it should be like nine and a half. Um, so I like the over. Uh, Cincinnati, I like Cincinnati also. Um, they've won six of their last 11. Offense has been really, really good. Um, they've scored seven plus in four of the last six, all of those being on the road. Um, they had some success against um, San Francisco also. They uh, they outscored them eight to three in their last two matchups this year. So that success I think is going to um, bleed into this series. San Francisco pretty much inconsistent offensively, but I think they'll be able to get it going a little versus Williamson. Uh, he, he's been going well, but has a lot of decent amount of contact. You know, throughout you know throughout that, you know, he's only given up one run, uh, more than one run once in his last four starts. Um, he pitched six scoreless in the last road start versus Arizona, who you know had been playing well. I think we'll talk about the next. Um, Six innings, four hits, and two earned against San Francisco last month. So he's going well. I do worry about the contact, which is kind of why I like the over here. Um, Cobb also has allowed four-plus runs in three of his last four. He's also allowed multi-home runs in three of his last five. So might want to look at some um, some Cincinnati guys to go uh, go long go long here at the top of that lineup. So I like Cincinnati. I love the over. Loves the over, uh, Scott. Yeah, so Cobb has been very good at home this season, uh, going through the number of 60 innings pitched, a 2.25 ERA. Having said that, he has not been very good lately. Uh, he was decent against Philly last time out on the road, five innings, two runs. Start before that, he got buried by Atlanta, five and two-thirds, four runs. It happens. Uh, home start before that, faced off against Texas, four and a third, six earned runs. Start before that, he got buried by Oakland, five and a third, five runs. I think I'm going to lean to Cincinnati. I don't feel great about it, and I think that San Francisco is the better team based on current form, but record-wise, they're basically identical, and you're getting a massive price with the Reds. I'll take the Reds with the price, but once again, it's a spot where I don't really have a great opinion on it, but Cobb, I feel like he's being priced based on his overall body of work instead of recent form. I don't like the recent form, so I'll link to Cincinnati. Um. There's no linear for me. I'll just outright take Cincinnati um, all over them. Uh, Williamson's got more good than bad um, in his in his workload lately. And I don't want anything to do with Cobb. I don't want the Giants. I rarely want the Giants. I never want them at minus 162. And they're really poor against left-handed pitching, hitting 237. Um, Cincinnati at plus 152 is a great bet. Um, last game here is the 10-10. Cowboy time, Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the LA Dodgers. It is Merrill Kelly for Arizona and lefty Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Plus 172 on the Snakes, minus 198 on the Dodgers. Total is eight and a half. Scott, finish us off with the winner, please. Yeah, so I feel like we talked about this exact matchup a couple of weeks ago and we arrived at the conclusion that Merrill Kelly has never beaten the Dodgers and I think he's 0-12. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers run line here. I do acknowledge that the Diamondbacks have been playing some good baseball. I hope they get into the playoffs. I'm rooting for them. But yeah. I can't ignore those lines with Kelly against the Dodgers in his career. I'm pretty sure he's either 0-11 or 0-12 and his numbers... Yeah. You're you right. It, it? No, 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 you're good. But I just remember all of us being on like on the Dodgers, and he pitched a fucking gym against And they the still didn't cover the run. Yeah, they didn't, but he pitched a – it wasn't his I fault, know. but he pitched a gym. He's, he's 0-10, Scott. 5-0-3 ERA against the Dodgers. 
He was great last time out, too, but I believe he left the game early because of injury against the Reds, I think. So I don't know how healthy was, he actually yeah, is. It was, it was cramp, I think. It was, it was a nothing. He, he was tired, yeah. He just needed to go, okay. yeah. I think he it gave was, up one hit. He had like 11 strikeouts at that yep. point. Uh, yep. But still, I'm going to take Dodgers run line. At the end of the day, you're looking at a spot where the Dodgers team's been a freight train, and I don't really want to step in front of them. I'll take the Dodgers in the run line here. Lunty? Yeah, keep it short and sweet. I don't want to bet on uh, – I mean, I don't want to bet against either one of these sides, so I'll go with the over. I mean, I know we got two solid pitchers, but you mentioned Kelly's uh, woes in the Dodgers stadium. So, I mean, those could come back to haunt him. Um, both offenses have been playing really, really well. Um, Arizona scored five-plus in four of their last five. The Dodgers have scored six-plus in four of their last five. Um, Kershaw's been dominant pretty much um, since his return, so – think the, the Arizona bats may can get to him early on. Um, just if they can get one or two off of him early on, I think the Dodgers will be able to handle the rest with Kelly. And then you'll get one or two runs, you know, in the back side of the uh, of the bullpen. So I like the over here. Uh, if I had to make a lean on the side, I, I'd lean with Kershaw um, and, and Scott on the run line. Being on this show for me, like, it's just like one big tutorial. Um, and I absorb all this information – Without even knowing it, I think it's in there. It just comes out. So my notes here um, are that Merrill Kelly's a steady Eddie. And I immediately wanted to go and look at his record against the Dodgers. And I couldn't really remember why, but obviously we talked about it last time. Um, and it must have just been in there somewhere. I couldn't overtly remember it. But I knew, um, and I've got it written down 0-10 with a 5-0-3 ERA against the Dodgers. I just think the Dodgers will keep them at arm's length. It's kind of a, that big brother, little brother syndrome, a little bit like they have for the Padres. I take the Dodgers on the run line. Kelly will be fine, but then they will lose by three or four runs, and that is what's going to happen. And, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've done it. We've got 15 games in the book. Um, we have Locke and Dog to give out, um, and we'll start with Scott Reichel. Yeah, uh, so for the lock on the show, I'm contemplating what I want to do with this one. I think I am going to go with a first five under. It's going to be a total of eight. I know, once again, we mentioned before there might be a total of seven or so, but DraftKings has eight. I'm going to take the first five under in the Brewers and Cubs game with Burns yeah. going up against Steele. I just see, once again, some type of 1-1 game, 2-2 game in the seventh inning. But I like both pitchers. Steele, I mentioned how good he's been in the pretty much all year. And Burns, we know how good he can be. But I do think, once again, you're looking at what should be a pitcher's duel. And I do want to pull up the weather because it is going to be taking place in Wrigley. The wind is blowing in pretty heavily. So according to Ballpark Pal, a 16% decrease in home runs and a 13% decrease in runs. 1-1 in the seventh. Give me the first five under uh, in that one. And for my dog, I had a couple of options. But I think I'm going to take the home run spin here. Give me the Nationals on the money line against the Blue Jays at around plus 162, which I uh, 172 actually on FanDuel. I think 172 is crazy. Uh, the Blue Jays scored a bunch of runs against Syndergaard and still couldn't win yesterday. But I think you're looking at, once again, a spot where the Nationals are in good form. The Blue Jays are kind of falling apart here, but I think it's a good price for the Nationals. Give me the Nationals money line at plus 172. Yeah, there's some definitely some fun dogs on this card, Scott, and that's an outstanding pick. Uh, Lante? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go with two dogs uh, for my lock-in dog. So for my lock, I'm going with Milwaukee. Uh, I think Burns is going to go in. I think he's going to dominate. Each of these games have been decided by – each of the last uh, four games have been decided by one run. So I think he's a slightly better pitcher than than, um, than Steele is, although Steele is pretty good. Um, I think that at plus money with Burns, you're not going to see that pretty off, much uh, often. So the offense picked up five-plus runs, eight straight games. I think Milwaukee's gonna, you know, reverse that uh, that reverse jinx that they had with Chicago, where they had nine hits and only scored three off of Chicago in that July fifth matchup. So give me Milwaukee at plus. I see plus one thirteen, one fourteen ish um, here. Um, I'll take that too. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that too. Um, so yeah, I like that Milwaukee. As for my dog, I'm gonna go with something that we all pretty much like. Mal, I'm sorry if this is your dog uh, as well. You should have went first. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cincinnati plus 145. Um, for all the, all the things we mentioned, I mean, Cobb, four plus runs in three of his last four. He's allowing the long ball 
multi-home runs in three of his last five. I mean, Cincinnati's won the last two matchups. They're pretty good on the road, 38-29. and 29. I like Williamson. Um, he threw a gem against them last month. I think if Cincinnati, I always say it, is correlated with their offense. Uh, if they can score runs, they're going to be live to win the game. So I think they can do that against an inconsistent San Francisco team. Give me Cincinnati plus 145 as a dog. Yep, you knew, Lontier. Double dog. Uh, Cincinnati at plus 152 for me. Um, uh, yeah, reasons are many and obvious. So I'll take that at plus 152. And my lock is that over seven and a half, Oakland, Seattle. Um, million different ways of winning this. I'll, I'll get on the alt line, yeah? I'll take this up to over nine and a half, no worries. Um, all manner of runs to be scored here. Seattle win 8 3. Uh, there you go. That's four correct scores I've given out here. Absolutely shameless. Um, so, well done, boys. I, I appreciate that. I feel a little bit better now, an hour and six minutes later, than I did an hour and six minutes ago um, over the terrible incident that, be, uh, that befell me yesterday. So, slowly I'm healing, boys, and you two have helped me. So, thank you for uh, making this a safe space for me. Uh, Lonte, anything else happening Monday night? Uh, nah, man, I got to get back. Uh, I got to get back going on this college football thing. So I'll let the baseball do what it do, <laughs> and, and I got to I got to sharpen up these numbers. So uh, hopefully, never stops. Yeah, so hopefully we can get back in a winning circle. Never stops. What's happening, Scott? Uh, I got a fantasy football draft later, so I'll be busy yeah. with that. But I'm curious, at what point are you going to start booking tickets for the Europa League next year? Fuck off. I nearly got a whole hour without swearing at you. Moon, I've got a fuck off yesterday. You can have one tonight. Lonte, don't you... I was trying to think of an original one. I doubt anybody would have said that to you, so that was my originality there. Awful. Oh, look at it now here. Look, Eminem's in the chat. One minute and seven into the thing. Moon, I've turned up. Moon, I've... I refer you to that WhatsApp I sent you yesterday. Um, thanks, everyone, um, who joined us in the chat, except Moon, You can go and uh, play in the traffic. Um... We'll be back tomorrow night, um, some iteration or other. Uh, good luck with all your bets. Um, until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.